This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, episode 143. Well, good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. It's a show where we focus on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books. We talk about epic fantasy, urban fantasy. We talk about swords and sorcery, space opera, pure sci-fi. I mean, you name it, we've got it here on the show. And my goal is to always bring you the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the fantasy and sci-fi book world. So um, I'm looking forward to continuing to do that as we wrap up the second year of this podcast. Um, kicking things off this week, um, I wanted to try to get the Paramedics Amazon finished and done with its final edit, and I have done that. It's off to its editor now and getting proofreading done. I have my um, advanced readers that are looking at it right now to um, get ready to drop their reviews um, on the opening day of launch, and, and all that stuff is in line. So we're looking to launch the Paramedics Amazon on December 26th, the day after Christmas. That's a Saturday. You'll have like a lot of people that's pajama day and is in our house anyway. We just kind of lay around and do nothing and everybody kind of enjoys the the aftermath of Christmas. And uh, hopefully you can do that and enjoy a good book at the same time. So I'm looking forward to getting that out to you. And um, if you haven't started the Extreme Medical Services series, watch um, my channels coming up soon because I'll be putting um, all the books leading up to book eight on sale. So if you haven't read them yet, you can get them at a discount. Um, you can always check out more about what I'm up to, including early looks at excerpts of new books. Uh, you can also look at sneak peeks of upcoming covers, giveaways, and a lot more over at my reader group. That's over at Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. And, of course, you can also check out my website and blog at jamiedavisbooks.com. All right, let's get into this episode's main topic and interview. Um, joining us this week on the show are Michael Evan and J.M.D. Reed to talk about their series, The Cider and Ale Chronicles. Um, these books are a ton of fun, and uh, they're short reads, so you can, if you're looking for something that's fun and satirical and humorous and you just want to kind of like just soak yourself in something for a little bit, these are the perfect things to take a look at. Uh, a ton of fun, and I'm excited to chat with them about this collaboration and how it came about. I mean, look, we're talking about seals, walruses, and beer. So if that piques your interest, you might want to check it out for sure. Anyway, let's get into that interview with them. It's coming right up. Michael Evan and JMD Reed, welcome back to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Hi, it's great to be back. Always fun. Always fun, definitely, definitely. And, and I'm excited because um, this is the first chance we get to talk about this uh, collaboration project the two of you have, um, the Cider and Ale Chronicles. And uh, it's, it's been getting a lot of great buzz. Um, I know book four is getting ready to come out very soon. So um, tell us a little bit, uh, Michael, why don't you um, jump in with this one? Um, tell us a little bit about the origins of this, because it's not your usual fantasy tale. No, it's definitely not. Um, I don't know where I originally got the concept. It just kind of hit me. Um, 
I knew that uh, I knew I wanted to try writing something. Um, I think it was around the time of last year's Nano, and uh, I started writing. I've always been into satirical fantasy, you know, Douglas Adams, Terry Pratchett, Tom Holt, uh, that kind of thing. And I knew that I was going to do something satirical, and I had this idea about seals, walruses, and beer, and it came originally from uh, a, an inside joke I had with my daughter who was six at the time. Uh, and I had said, if I ever write a story, it's going to have seals as the main characters. And somehow that morphed into, uh, I needed a commodity and it was going to be beer because I like beer. And I thought it would be funny to have uh, <laughs> seals and walruses fighting over beer. And I started writing it and I wrote a few chapters and they were, I thought they were, relatively amusing uh all of a sudden i knew i wanted to make it a fantasy story and that meant battles and that meant fighting and magic and i did not know where to go so i shelved it for about a year with about five chapters written and and i know that this is not necessarily i mean you you said you got the idea kind of a joke with your daughter but this is not like family friendly um, you know, you wouldn't read this to a six-year-old necessarily. No, no, it's not. I mean, I, I, it's very easy to talk about the story and tell serialized versions of, of the story with, without the swearing. But um, actually, I was challenged to write something more family-friendly by my wife after this series because um, I, I had been there have been people that have read it that said, you know, if you took some of that swearing out, it could almost be some of the stuff could almost be Disney. Um, so I thought about, no, I want to, I really, I like the irreverence. I like the fact that, you know, it's an, it's an adult, that these are adult stories. Um, but the challenge maybe in the future would be to try something like that. Yeah. I remember seeing a post about, uh, you're, you're talking about your wife's suggestion and, um, and the challenges that might present for you. Um, James, I'm curious how you, uh, became associated with the project to help, um, join in in the collaboration. Uh, just Michael came up to me and he just asked if I wanted to, you know, help him write the, uh, more, uh, fantasy parts of it, the battles and the magic and, uh, the giant robots and all that fun stuff. So I said, yes. Um, then I got his outline. And I was like, Holy crap. This is insane. What have I gotten myself into? And, uh, then it turned out to be a lot of fun to write. So now we've written four of them. So yeah, it definitely flowed. Then once you got in there, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. When I first saw the outlines, I was, like oh no what have i agreed to like how am i supposed to write this this is some insane stuff but then uh it really was fun to write and it just kind of flowed and uh so yeah so i didn't have a problem like coming on board three more times that's great yeah Uh, go ahead go ahead michael i was gonna say i think my outlines have gotten a lot stronger too at the the very beginning it was kind of like um and i we joke about it in the fourth book actually but like I was kind of like, okay, I need them to go somewhere and meet this old dude, and then get some ice thingy and fight. Um, and I think, um, I think as it's as as the series has progressed, I've I've really worked on and 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 plotted out something pretty intricate. Uh, the outlines have probably been a lot stronger as well, so it, it might have been easier for James to 
take those outlines and expand them into something even bigger than what I had originally thought they would be. You know, it's funny. I mean, I don't think that sounds like a bad outline. I mean, that sounds like something I'd write for like a chapter beat, um, you know, big fight. And then yeah. the next chapter is yeah. big fight part two. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then they give it to someone. You're like, okay, now do something with big fight. Uh, it, it said something like put epic fight here, maybe split into two chapters. I think is what the outline said for El House Wars. And I was like, oh, okay. So I had to come up with, you know, all the twists and turns, all the beats, the, the reversals, the changes of fortune, you know, to make it uh, exciting. I had to, to figure all that out and uh it came out great you know with uh el house wars that first one yeah and, and no it's it's funny i mean i can imagine doing that for my own brain like because when i write big fight i at least have a picture in my mind of what that means to me but i can't i, I would not hand that to someone else so that's 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 uh i can imagine that challenge you faced on that james to, to kind of dig into that and and flesh it out having not had the original spark of the tale coming from yourself yeah, yeah and, and, the, and to be fair, it is all his battle outlines are like that. Just make something epic here. <laughs> but honestly, though, uh, the the first time I um, I read because you know getting these chapters back was always was always really cool. And the first time I read in the now I'm I'm kind of used to it. And the the books really get way more epic as they go on. But the first time I, I saw what James had done with um, the battle, like where they actually get their their uh, the seals get their powers. Um, I couldn't believe it. Like it was just, it felt so brilliantly like cinematic to me. Like I, I could almost hear a soundtrack in my mind. One of the reasons I started bringing music and soundtrack and, and songs and themes into the, the stories is because um, what he did, the choreography that he did with the battles was just so, so epic and so cinematic that I could almost hear a score while I was reading it. So is there a, like a soundtrack or like a Spotify, uh, a link that people can find to kind of listen to while they read along? Uh, I've done playlists for all four of the books. They're all kind of different. Um, first two are JM's playlists. Um, I've made JM. JM is the, um, is the main, uh, the, I guess the main character of the Alehouse saga section of, of these four books. Um, kind of a coming of age story for him. And he does like um, kind of early 2000s, uh, punk pop, uh, so and, and emo music. So there's first two sound uh, playlists are kind of the, like their JM's playlist. Um, the one I did for Cider of Legend was a little different. That they're all songs that deal with snakes and Vegas, because Cider of Legend kind of deals with snakes and Vegas. Um, and then the the um, Cider for Harborland playlist is just more uh, stuff that. I was listening to during the writing and, and the, uh, the formation of the book uh, that uh, might have influenced the, my writing and my, my changes and stuff like that, but it's not necessarily as thematic as the other three. Now, I know, Michael, with, with you, like the music is, is, is strong in your background. I mean, you have a background in, in music in, in many ways um, and, and, per, and performance and stuff with, with your, your previous work, um, I guess, you know, doing promotional things. Um, but, but James, I mean, I don't remember. I'm trying to remember back my interview I did with you about your books. Um, is, is music figure in your writing process at all or, um, you know, when you think about characters or things? Um, is that something that, that you've d- um, done in the past? 
Uh, no, not really. Music is, uh, I have music playing. I never write without music. Uh, it, it keeps like the world at bay. And so I prefer a lot of instrumental stuff when I'm writing, not anything with vocal tracks that could be distracting. So, um, but I don't really, my, I don't know. I never really associate music with any of my characters. I just, I, I know that's something that, that some authors do like religiously and, and they'll put out new soundtracks all the time for their fans. And, and I was curious if that was something, cause what, I, I was pretty sure we hadn't talked about that or, or touched on that topic at all when we, we originally did your episode about your um, solo work. So I was curious how the, the juxtaposition of having something that has music associated with it um, in, in a collaborative sense, um, how that worked with you. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, not to say that like music doesn't inspire me and it's just, um, I don't ever put on like specific music for when I'm writing. I just, uh, usually whatever I, my new stuff or just a giant playlist that has like 5,000 songs, <laughs> instrumental songs that just sort of is on random. So but it's a lot of, you know, epic sounding music for the most part. So it's, you know, yeah, I know that like with me, uh, there's like a whole spectrum of authors out there that have a different variety of stuff. Um, there's some people that can't listen to anything. It has to be silent. There's other people that have to have like white noise, like, you know, wave sounds or rainfall or something like that. Um, and then it's all the way up through people, instrumental only, no vocals. And then like I have like this, I have a soundtrack for every series that I write and, you know, I put together as a playlist and it's almost all, you know, rock and rock and roll vocal music and, and tracks and, and, you know, I, for some reason I'm able to push the vocals into the background and just let the music kind of be the white noise for me. So it's interesting that how there's like the spectrum of what authors need, um, in, in their environment to write. Um, and Michael, you've talked to a lot of authors out there. I mean, you've probably run into the same thing. Uh, yeah, uh, to an extent. I, I don't. Um, I know that I've definitely spoken. I mean, I've done a lot of interviews uh, with authors that um, have also played music. I mean, there's there's authors that are, have dabbled in you know songwriting and being in bands and stuff like that. They tend to be the authors that um, that focus on it more. Um, it was never really something that I had planned is to make uh, music um, fundamental in the series. It was kind of just uh, something that happened. There's like a part in the second book, Alehouse Rebellion, uh, where um, part of the magic that they get, the seals get is, well, JM gets is a soundtrack um, and he gets his favorite song, which is a, a Blink-182 song playing in his sort of armor unit as he goes off to chase the bad guy. And, uh, it, it ended, it ended up being a really, uh, a really kind of epic scene that worked well. So I put it in there and, and left it. So let's talk a little bit about the process. I mean, it sounds like, you know, Michael, you come up with like the, the story ideas and, and, and start doing some of the writing and then pass some of the, the major scenes off to James. How does that process work for the two of you? Uh, he writes usually the first couple chapters and maybe a chapter, an important chapter that he wants to get done in like the middle or, and he'll usually do like the, maybe the very, very last chapter. Um, although I think I wrote the last chapter for Cider for Harborland, 
Um, yeah. But uh, and then he sends me the the outline, and uh, I just sort of I do my thing, and I send him like whatever I wrote that day. I'll send him out to him when I'm done, and he can uh, give me feedback or you know let me know when I made like sometimes I think uh, I changed genders on a character, um, and he was like, oh no, it's really important that that we don't do that. It was like like the one time like maybe I should have changed the character gender, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, so yeah so you know but usually he's uh yeah usually he just tells me like you know hey like try to you know give me some just feedback and so i can adjust the story to kind of fix any problems because sometimes i i get into i'm a bit of a pantser especially when i'm writing and so i sometimes might stray off the outline and you know that means we have to do some course correcting or whatever yeah and um like so when i get the chapters too um I, I generally, I mean, I handle the editing and the, the, the fine tuning and the tightening up uh, of everything because James is a really fast writer, which is amazing. Um, and I don't, I don't really, I just like, get, I'll, I'll, I'll know what you're saying um, and I'll fix, I'll know what he's saying and I'll fix it up. And obviously there's some things like the idea between, a, a, the idea of a good co-write is you don't really want people to necessarily know that who's responsible for what. It, it want, you want it to blend. So I think some stuff and I kind of take out stuff that, that doesn't really belong. I'll add extra things if there's a joke or there's something that sounds more like my like my chapters that I can throw in there to make it yeah. better. I'll, I'll put that in as well. I'll sometimes just write character tells a dad joke and then just leave it for Michael to figure out what that is because I'm terrible at figuring out dad jokes. Ah, uh, dad jokes. That's, uh, that's my weakness. I just can't resist telling a good dad joke. Well, we got well, I'm not a dad, so it's okay. No, it's all good. It, it is. It is. A, it is an acquired taste, and and it really requires to, to to really develop the skill. You need to have the return eye rolls you get from the children to tell you, you know, to really get you to, to kind of bring it home. Wouldn't you agree, Michael? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, apparently, I make the kids laugh. That's something that got into the book as well, and that's kind of. I guess that's the point of dad jokes, really. But we have a character in the book uh, who's called Bob, the dad joke telling narwhal. Um, and he's kind of an ongoing gag that starts with the second book, Alehouse Rebellion, and really kind of goes through the other um, the other three books. See, this series was originally, Alehouse Wars was going to be a standalone. Um, and then I felt like there was a little bit more to tell, so we did Alehouse Rebellion, and that was going to be it. And Cider of Legend was also supposed to be a, just a standalone book that had nothing to do with um, the Alehouse saga whatsoever. But there's a scene in Cider of Legend that uh, is kind of an Easter egg for people that had read the Alehouse saga. And it worked so well that I, I said, and somebody said to me, you know, it would be really cool if you guys could do a crossover between the two series and somehow blend in that that Easter egg that you threw into Cider of Legend. So I approached James about it and we decided to do um, this fourth book, which actually uh, ties them all together really well. And then I went back and I added some things to the other books before they went live that further tied them together. So now it actually feels like a congruent series. And it's important to like, you know, when you have the ability to write quickly and pull pull the books together in a series before you release book one, 
it really is nice to be able to go back and kind of drop in some of those things that will really help enrich the reader's experience. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, a lot of authors aren't able to do in the traditional setting, but when you're, when you're indie published, you can kind of play with things like that uh, and then, and do it and then do the release, you know, at, later on, once you have all the books or a lot of the books together. Yeah. Yeah. That, I've definitely done that. I've, uh, I've always had all my books written in a series before publishing. So it let me just go back in, and tweak stuff in like book one and or you know do some like proper like setup for an idea i had in book five or whatever so is then, this it is book four the end of the saga or are we going to have more seals and walruses rampaging around the uh, alehouse oh it's it's done i i'm we were fairly conclusatory there at the end yeah um without i don't want to give give it really like by saying too much Personally, the fourth book is, is my favorite of, I mean, everybody, artists tend to like their newer stuff because it's newer and it's fresher and that's kind of like a thing. But going back and reading them, um, I really do feel like each book really progresses. First of all, we adapted to each other's style of working together and, and it turned into something really, really cool that was a lot more intuitive by the end. Um, but I think that last book really, if we were to go back and do anything with these characters again, it would really defeat the entire purpose behind the last book. Um, and um, all, that's all I can say. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, sort of thematic stuff happening in the last book. Um, some probably deeper met. There's all the books have a have a moral and and there's there's some messages. Uh, in all of them that people can take. But I think the last one, um, you know, will not be preachy is, is um, it's got a lot in there that I, I think, I think it's a final statement. Um, yeah. That's the best way to say it. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I feel like if like Michael said, like, Hey, I had an idea for book five, I'd say, uh, I don't want to write it. Cause I feel like we are, it's over done for me. You know, like we really did get it to a good point. So no, nothing else in the Cider and Ale Chronicles, but what about another collaboration on a different sort, story or series between Michael Evan and J.M.D. Reed? Is that something that you two would consider? Because it sounds like you had a lot of fun doing this. I mean, I would, I would go again. Uh, we don't have any plans right now, but who knows what the future will hold. Yeah, I'm, uh, I thought about it afterwards. I had an idea that I had originally pitched. Uh, I had pitched James on an idea for something, and... He's like, yeah, let's do it in February. And then I thought about it, and uh, I realized that it wasn't necessarily the type of concept I wanted to do like this, and I just didn't have anything. Um, but I'm, I do have a couple of ideas that haven't been pitched yet, but um, we'll see what happens in the spring. It's going to be a really busy year because um, with uh, Fallbrunt Press, we're releasing a lot of James's solo books. Um, and you know, he's going to be really busy focusing on that. I've got a lot of things I'm focusing on, but yeah, I had a lot of fun. So I'm hoping that, uh, we can work together on, on something in the near future. That's all I'm going to say. Sounds good. Well, I hope folks check this out. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, the cider and ale chronicles beginning with the ale house wars. I mean, you, 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 you've got to read about 
seals, walruses, and beer. I mean, I think you put those three things together, it, it just it raises an eyebrow, and you say, "I got to check this out." So I hope people will do that. Um, as far as uh, what's coming up next, um, James, do you have anything on the horizon for your own work? Yes. Um, starting in February, I'm launching my books with Fallbrand Press or publishing. I never can keep this right. I'm sorry, Michael. I always forget which one it is. But uh, we're uh, we're, it's fine with me. we're relaunching my uh, Jewels of Illumination series, which I, I self-published. And then with that will be Mass of Illumination, which is a companion series that takes place at the same time with different characters on their own story, but they're interconnected and they kind of will like um, enhance the other one. So you'll get like new appreciation for things that happen in one series by reading the other series. And uh, yeah, so that'll be coming starting in February. And so that's going to be really uh, awesome to get the those uh, 10 books out. Well, fantastic. That's exciting. And I know Michael's working with you on that. And um, so I hope the two of you will, um, you know, maybe someday get back together and put something on. But um, in the meantime, we'll look forward to James's next book coming out. And when does book four in the uh, Cider Nail Chronicles release? Temporary. I'm, I'm looking at a January 15th uh, temporary. And one other thing um, just to mention is that we do have already we've already gotten the, the artwork done for the four book box set. Um, which uh, will be available in the spring. So I'm thinking probably first week of March we'll have a, a full box set where um, you can buy all four books and maybe an additional short story um, that I'm, I'm working on just to go along with it for a little something extra. Excellent. Well, I um, will look forward to hearing more about that. I'm sure we'll have both of you back on the show at some point in the future. It, it, it seems pretty uh, obvious that there's a lot more coming from both of you in one way or another. So uh, thanks so much for coming on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Yeah, it was really great being here. Yeah, thanks for having us. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Make sure you catch up with us for a whole lot more from the fantasy and sci-fi focus community, both on Facebook and over at fantasy-focus.com. Leave a comment on this episode while you're over there. Let me know what's going on in your mind about this episode. And um, also, while you're on the website, at the top of each podcast episode post, right below the audio player, there are links to subscribe to the show. So go ahead and subscribe. Uh, if you've got an iOS or Android device, even by email, you can subscribe with just a click of a link there. So go ahead and do that. We have some pretty awesome authors scheduled for the next few months into the new year, and you won't want to miss any of them, so make sure you come back and catch them all. That's it for this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook at Jamie Davis Books, and of course, my website, jamiedavisbooks.com, and my reader group, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. So check all of that out, available on Facebook, and um, enjoy that. And uh, whatever you do, though, make sure you come back and catch the next podcast episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, while you're doing that, don't forget, keep your eyes open, folks, especially at this time of year, because there is magic all around you. <laughs>